Hi, everyone. I'm Dan Mary Ashen, CEO of B'nai B'rith. Welcome to our B'nai B'rith podcast. I hope everyone is staying home, washing your hands, and staying at least six feet away from others if you do venture outside your homes. And you might also want to consider checking in on at-risk neighbors. If we all practice tikkun olam, at least local tikkun olam, improving the world around us, we will certainly get through these difficult moments together. Now, we want to make sure that physical distancing doesn't translate into social distancing. So joining me today is Eric Fussfield, who is Deputy Director of B'nai B'rith's International Center for Human Rights and Public Policy. Eric and I today will be talking about the coronavirus in this uh, time of uncertainty and anti-Semitism, particularly with uh, a focus on a new variant of anti-Semitism, which is blaming the coronavirus on Jews, on the state of Israel, and using typical uh, anti-Semitic tropes uh, to explain uh, the uh, the great virus that is uh, global in in nature. And uh, Eric, welcome to the program. Um, if we talk about blood libels, we probably have to start somewhere in the Middle Ages when uh, Jews were blamed in many communities. More than 500 Jewish communities were destroyed as a result of vengeance uh, that was uh, taken out Uh, on Jews as a result of the Black Plague, the Black Death, which resulted, of course, in a tremendous number of casualties throughout Europe. And Jews were blamed for poisoning the wells and uh, for uh, engaging in other activity that brought this uh, misfortune uh, upon uh, uh, the the people of of Europe. Uh, And as I said, over 500 communities were actually destroyed, 500 Jewish communities, as a result of that. Um, There have been blood libels throughout history. Uh, in the 19th century, there was the Damascus uh, blood libel, where uh, the Jewish community was uh, blamed for the killing of a Christian monk. Uh, in 1913, uh, there was the famous Mendel Bayless case in Russia, where uh, Bayless, uh, who was uh, manager of a factory, uh, had been uh, charged uh, with the killing of a of a Russian child. This is in in Russia. Uh, the uh, Uh, We're now approaching uh, Passover, and of course the blood libels often cropped up uh, during uh, the time of uh, Passover, just before Passover, with charges that uh, Jews would capture Christian children uh, and uh, take their blood for the making of matzah. So all of that is out there as kind of a historical basis uh, for where we are now. We have, again, a virus which has gone all over the world. It's global uh, with uh, a tremendous amount of uh, of, uh, human devastation. Um, And living through this time now, uh, we're beginning to see um, a repetition of these uh, historic charges uh, that I've just recounted uh, uh, today, here in 2021. Uh, In particular, uh, we've seen Iranian officials who have Uh, charged uh, uh, the Israelis or the Zionists with being behind the the virus. How do you account uh, for this uh, renewal in this age-old charge uh, against Jews? Dan, I I, I think as as I listen to you recount the history of the blood libel, 
I think that this is an illustration of how resilient and how adaptable uh, anti-Semitism is. Anti-Semitism is a virus of its own. It's a social illness. And it's, it's an aggressive one, and um, it's a portable one. So you're talking about the blood libel in uh, Christendom in the Middle Ages, and it has shifted almost seamlessly into the Islamic world today, parts of the Islamic world, and uh, other areas of the modern world. And in the case of Iran, the groundwork has already been laid. Uh, because um, I- Iran for a while has been mainstreaming the blood libel um, as, 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 uh, as an accepted idea in that country. There is a, uh, a well-known website in Iran called Aleph, and several years ago they published an article uh, titled who are human history's most bloodthirsty people? Now, you can imagine what the answer to that rhetorical question was, but this was an article that accused Jews of ritual murder. And, I mean, the kind of bony documentation that went along with this piece, footnotes and photographs and, and so forth, and I'm sure a lot of people absorbed this information kind of nodding their heads and stroking their chins, But now, several years later, when uh, coronavirus is not just a worldwide pandemic, it's hit Iran particularly hard. There have been more than 200 Iranians uh, who have died as a result of the virus. We don't know the exact numbers, but we know it's in the hundreds. And so Iran, it's a regime that's uh, not truthful and is eager to shift blame and, and the Jews are always the most convenient scapegoat. So Iranian television has been promoting the idea that Zionists are behind the coronavirus. Uh, and, and, and not just behind the virus, but that, um, that Jews, Israelis, American Jews in concert with the U.S. government have developed a particularly deadly strain of the virus to use against Iran. So this is the message that they're peddling to their own population. But this is, this is not really to be unexpected in a way, because uh, under this regime and going from 1979 on, uh, this regime uh, continues to talk about, its, its leaders have talked about uh, Israel and Zionists as vermin. Uh, they've talked about uh, uh, Israel is a cancer uh, that needs uh, to be uh, to be excised. Uh, it's it's uh, a short leap from what they have been saying uh, to um, the current situation, where uh, Zionism and Zionists uh, become a, an easy scapegoat. Um, yet this this goes beyond Iran. I mean, there was a tweet. I think it was yesterday, it was subsequently deleted by the actress Rosanna Arquette, in which she talks uh, about Israel having known about uh, this uh, virus before, that it developed a a vaccine, uh, and that it will seek in some way to profit 
from uh, developing uh, this vaccine. Now, clearly, due to pressure, she took it back, but she didn't. She didn't apologize. So, on the one hand, you have the traditional places uh, where this uh, anti-Semitism has grown over the past uh, several decades, and uh, you have it uh, coming from uh, places like from actors or actresses uh, in this country uh, talking about some kind of a variant. Uh, in this case. Uh, the profit uh, motive. So, how do you how do you go from here to there? How do you explain all of that? Well, again, it's it's a very portable phenomenon. And uh, I, look, in in terms of the the global scope here, and in terms of um, the, I don't want to say the need for scapegoating, but the tendency to scapegoat. We're talking about uh, a global pandemic that has a lot of people um, frightened, and fear is a motivator. I, I think when um, in in times of peril, people with rational minds, people of good intention, will look for answers, and they do it by seeking information and pursuing logical explanations. But people. Um, with twisted minds, people with bias in their hearts, um, people who are oriented toward um, uh, scapegoat solutions, they're going to look for something that can take the almost unexplainable, which is a virus that originates in a remote part of the world and finds its way onto every continent, into all 50 states in this country, and um, to find a, an explanation um, for how this could happen. So they turned to the Jews because the Jews in our exile, in our diaspora, were uh, scattered all over the world. So there are Jewish communities nearby. And of course, you have the Jewish state, Israel, which is always uh, under the international spotlight. And uh, so it, it's, it's a very visible and convenient scapegoat. So what you see as a result is, okay, you mentioned a Hollywood celebrity who's turned to the blood libel. There is a newspaper in Canada. It's an Arabic language newspaper that has published an article accusing uh, Jews of the blood libel, saying that they are, uh, uh, they're, um, Israelis are burying prisoners alive and stealing their organs. This is something B'nai B'rith Canada has complained about. By the way, this business of stealing organs, we see a parallel between this Canadian newspaper and a television program, you'll recall, that aired in Iran a few years back called Zahra's Blue Eyes, which peddled exactly this notion that Israeli doctors would steal the blue eyes of this young Palestinian girl and use them to place in Israeli bodies. You have uh, a professor at California, Cal State um, Stanislav, uh, who it, it tweeted in, um, a, a, a variation of the blood libel theory in response to Israel's policy of um, separating out visitors for uh, health checks before releasing them into the wider population for obvious uh, safety and, and security um, reasons. And this professor at the Cal State University said, Israel will, I am sure, have different medical procedures for Jews and non-Jews. 
Non-Jews will be put in mass prisons. This is the opposite of the truth, of course, because anyone who has visited Israeli hospitals know that Israeli doctors do not distinguish based on uh, among patients based on nationality. No, based on the based on the severity of the case. But the the interesting thing is, over the last couple of weeks, is that we have seen reports of um, cooperation between Israeli and uh, Palestinian uh, health authorities in the territories uh, working together to um, to stem uh, the spread uh, of the virus. And let's hope that that kind of cooperation, of course, continues. But yet, um, you're right, notwithstanding the fact that a good part of the world is uh, pretty much in self-quarantine at this point, um, anti-Semitism uh, continues uh, unabated. I, I want to just shift a little bit uh, to something else that came uh, across our desk here in the last couple of days by the, the rapper Jay Electronica, uh, where uh, in one of his uh, songs, he speaks of the Rothschilds and the synagogue of Satan. And uh, the, the interesting thing, again, it should not be surprising, but uh, it is interesting that even in uh, this time of crisis, where really we're all consumed, we're all fixated uh, on uh, this issue. I mean, the, the news really is 90%, uh, I suppose, as it should be, uh, about um, the virus, uh, that there are still uh, places uh, and people uh, and movements uh, that um, continue uh, to practice business as usual when it comes uh, to anti-Semitism. There's no there's no uh, vacation from this. There's no respite uh, from this. Yeah, well, this is, this is the problem when um, ideas, sinister ideas, become mainstreamed. They find a way, uh, in, they work their way into the popular culture. And then it becomes, and th this is possible with anti-Semitic tropes, uh, you know, for example, the Jews control the media and control government and um, the banks and so forth. Um, it, it, it becomes, the, these ideas become so commonplace, so accepted, so widely embraced, that it becomes hard to refute them. And there's a, it, it, there is a very easy embrace of these false notions by people who want to make arguments or who just want to make assumptions. It's very hard to push back against that. That's why when you see, um, whether it's musicians or Hollywood stars, certainly uh, public, uh, pop, uh, public officials, you, you, you need to call them out on it. Well, we uh, at B'nai B'rith will continue through all of this uh, to monitor uh, that situation outside um, the one thing in the age of the Internet uh, that doesn't stop is the flow of information uh, and um, the flow of disinformation. And uh, in this particular case, or within the context of our discussion today, uh, the flow of anti-Semitism. So we'll continue uh, to report on, on that. Um, Eric, I want to thank you uh, for joining us today. To our viewers, uh, this is a, uh, a new initiative of B'nai B'rith. Uh, we're going to do podcasts uh, throughout uh, the course of this crisis, which we hope uh, we'll, we'll see some daylight soon. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we hope that uh, you'll be joining us uh, for additional programs. Check the website uh, to see 
when this program and others uh, will be aired. Uh, again, Eric, thank you. Thank everybody for joining us today. Um, as I said, it's our intention to do a series of these programs. Please check the website uh, and please everybody continue to stay safe. For B'nai B'rith International, I'm Dan Mariash.